Welcome to the Education Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, and joining me today is Christina Puente, clinical instructor at Lamar University. Christina, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about your position at Lamar University, what a clinical instructor does, and yeah, a little bit more about your field supervision team that seems to be doing a lot for preparing students uh, to enter the workforce. Absolutely. Well, um, I am Christina Puente, and I'm a clinical instructor at Lamar University. I'm a faculty uh, member of the College of Education and Human Development. And at Lamar, we have a field supervision team that's been working uh, with our master's students uh, in educational leadership on uh, their field experience observations. And that is a TEA requirement in the state of Texas for anyone seeking a principal certification or superintendent certification. So what this team really does is um, we uh, provide an observation uh, review for students who submit uh, an example of their work throughout stages of their program. So for instance, at the beginning of their program, they would submit a, a field experience observation of recording themselves observing an activity um, on a campus. And so our team worked together to provide uh, coaching and develop the, uh, the student skills in order to move them along the continuum towards their, uh, their growth and goals. Wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like like you guys are really creating a solid bed, you know, for these students to gather their information and get the knowledge and the experience that they need to be prepared. Absolutely. So our field supervision team has uh, focused on the digital component of uh, what we do. Normally, this is done uh, in a face-to-face setting. So what we feel at Lamar University is that uh, the trend is moving towards um, all things digital. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so we want to give, yeah, we want to give our students the leg up to know that not only can they submit these items um, with their coursework and their practical activities, but also they can take these skills and utilize them um, in their leadership on campuses. And as they step into leadership roles as administrators and superintendents um, on campuses around the state and around the country, that we've acclimated them to these uh, type of things to embed. We've embedded it in their coursework and their activities, and that whenever they leave the program, they feel uh, an adequate uh, knowledge of using these things and they're able to implement them on their campuses. So you mentioned that you're seeing a digital trend, you know, things pushing more into the digital space. Um, when did you start to see that personally and, um, you know, in, in your experience and your time in the field? Well, Amar, our program for the educational leadership uh, department started online with the master's program in uh, about 2008. It got up and rolling and was very productive and, um, and grew. Our enrollment grew, our faculty grew, our, our courses and curriculum grew and transformed to meet the needs of uh, our student enrollment, to meet state needs, uh, to meet state standards, and uh, to provide our students ultimately with the certification they were seeking to become administrators or leaders uh, in campuses or other organizations. So those trends that we were starting to see 
um, actually took a, a, a large turn in about 2013, 2014, when um, our students were required to submit a field experience observation. And that field experience observation was going to be collected um, through a digital format. The students would actually build those and, um, and submit those. And they would be reviewed by a field supervisor who was a faculty member of Lamar University. That person would assess that observation, provide uh, growth goals, provide coaching, provide um, uh, con courageous conversations that the student may need to have in order to solve problems that, we, that they were seeing um, or that were coming through on some of their observations. So um, in that, we started to transform um, the way that we collected them. And uh, Dr. Cynthia Cummings was actually the, uh, who is the faculty member who headed and spearheaded the uh, building of the field supervision team, but also uh, chose to collect these submissions for students in the digital platform that we do today. Uh, we have grown and transformed since we originally started in 2008. We weren't collecting uh, these type of things, and we weren't integrating as much technology as we are now. Um, and so in doing that, students have been able to uh, learn within an educational setting and with great uh, online resources, uh, course support, professor support, field supervisor support uh, throughout their program of either nine months or 18 months. And they feel that at the end of the program that they can take some of these digital activities that they're doing, whether they're using Google Docs and um, our forms in order to uh, peer review each other's submissions or work on group studies or using uh, uh, Google surveys um, or forms to collect data on trends that are happening on their campuses. So those are things that at the time weren't um, accessible. They, they, the technology had not caught up with the need yet. And so the technology is starting to surpass our needs. And so we're able to have a greater resource out there that we can use and teach students to use uh, in their coursework and in their practicum and ultimately be able to use those things um, as leaders in their organizations. I love that. I really feel like professional feedback is super important, especially when it's constructive and it's it's built in a way that, you know, props up the student and their work, but also helps point out, okay, this is where you still need to grow. This is what you could fix all in sort of a healthy environment. So is is that what uh, Lamar University is is doing differently, is adding adding that extra level of feedback? Absolutely. Um, you know, in the educational systems, um, we're, we're continuously changing and transforming. And to you have to be innovative and you have to be on the cutting edge and you have to be willing to seek out the new things that are out there and not just experience them, but learn how to embed them within our practices so that um, our students can have exposure to that. One of those things was our feedback to students and what works, what works and what doesn't work, and what the students actually need in their feedback to be able to grow um, towards their next professional or educational goal set. Um, and also in transforming that mindset as they're starting to 
uh, read the feedback and go through their coursework, develop their skills. That feedback is really a personal feedback is really um, what they lean on to pinpoint, target, or have a task list list of these are the things I need to focus on. These are the areas I need to improve. And I have this person, this field supervisor who is working with me one-on-one to get that done. And um, so it's a great asset that Lamar has um, added to the layer of um, of educational systems and, and uh, support for our students. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's always important to have a good mentor to help guide you as a student. Um, that's, you know, what I've what I've seen and my best mentors and teachers have been the ones that have, you know, been very involved in my process and in making sure that I prosper correctly and almost taking a personal accountability for it. So really good to hear that y'all are doing that. Um so what was your inspiration to go down this route and to bring this to your students? Well, as I, as I went through and, and received my master's degree, I felt like there were, there were other ways that students could um, interact with faculty. There were other ways that students needed to be supported uh, through resources and, um, and being able to grow their skill set. And for me, I was asked in 2014 to join the team at Lamar and work through some of the uh, very groundwork uh, portions and, and, and development of the field experience observations and building the field uh, supervision team. So in that, Dr. Cummings was able to gather the, the funds and gather the uh, resources that we needed to do this. And we, in that, it was important that we focused on and piloted new technologies to incorporate. We had to invest in developing uh, our ability to uh, maintain and perform at the capacity that we needed to because of our large enrollment. So it really pushed us to our limits. We had to uh, buy a new data set, new data evaluation tools. We had to uh, create, you know, new systems and things that students would be able to follow specific guidelines. And all of this was created digitally. We have um, core, a course that students are able to uh, work through throughout their program. And we have layered that course so that it's every piece of it is a digital component that layers one step on top of the next for students to be successful in this field experience uh, requirement that they have to submit for uh, the program for Lamar and for the state. So being able to pilot the new technologies, being able to develop things, work with it, working with developers to uh, meet our needs and to make sure that we can transform and grow. Because what is so important is that um, we not only ha- can focus on what our needs are today, but we have to anticipate what our digital needs are going to be in the very near future. And that is important to be innovative. Agreed. Agreed. So... In that, you know, in not only preparing your students currently, but also looking into the future, <laughs> you know, looking into your crystal ball <laughs> and kind of trying to That's right. <laughs> right, try, trying to predict a little bit, what would you say is the biggest struggle for you as a clinical instructor, you know, leading this field supervision team in uh, not only the teaching aspect of it, but maybe just the implementation of everything? Well, I would have to definitely say the training portion um, resources and funding, it's, it's always top of the list. But once you can get past the resources and funding, 
it's important to be able to use um, uh, efficient things that are already out there and adapt them to our educational needs, whether it's at the university level, at the district level, or at the campus level. So for us, it's important to provide the training and the support that not only our students need, but to teach them whenever they move into their campuses or their districts, that they're going to have to build these um, arenas of resources, whether it be a digital, you know, library and short little uh, clips like how-to videos, or it's step-by-step checklists. You know, it's important for us to uh, focus on many of the the needs of our students and really to facilitate all of our learners' um, needs, making sure that we have something that's uh, visual, make sure that we have something that's auditory, make sure that we have something that students are able to read and check off. So because we have, even our adult learners are different learners, just as our children are different, have different styles of learning, um, we like to meet all of those needs. So it's it's allowing our students to experience this digital platform, but also teaching them to move into their districts and being able to train them to reproduce that for themselves, uh, to be successful leaders on on campuses and in other organizations. Yeah. I mean, what you're describing, it sounds like you put a lot of emphasis on leading by example, you know, giving them and showing them that we can teach y'all with, you know, the same stuff that hopefully you pick up and then bring to then your students. Absolutely. It's been um, very important for um, as educators and um, especially in a, a college of education that we lead by example and that um, our growth mindset is focused on our students' needs and innovating um, things, being innovative so that the things that we're bringing our students to, they can take and they can grow their districts to and from, you know. Um, some of them are able to inherit very um, uh, digitally rich and resourceful districts. And some of them have to take some of the innovation that they've learned with us be able to be very resourceful and uh, be very mindful of the cost that things are because the budgeting just always isn't there and then transform that into something that's providing effective instructional leadership for those campuses and and students, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, going back a little bit to what you said earlier about looking into the future a bit, um, what would you say are some of those digital trends that you see you know, close in the near future that aren't necessarily a standard yet, but could be soon? Well, I think it's important for us to make sure that um, we're using interactive digital programs that helps the students engage for their learning, not only just in uh, at, at our level, but something that can uh, be transformed and utilized uh, at the district level on campuses and even down into the classrooms for teachers. So I think whenever you build with the end in mind, you start from the end and build it backwards. I think that's one thing to make sure that you pay attention to is uh, those interactive digital programs that it's not just um, the app that the student opens, but it's actually the student's outcome from using the digital app or do, using the digital device or being able to focus on the activities that the students are, are using. We need to focus on the students' outcomes, but what can we do um, using and implementing digital technology for that? And also the analytics and 
and the data-driven instruction, you know, using those to drive your instruction is part is a, a trend right now that um, everyone is um, have has embraced in the educational uh, systems and especially in Texas and and across the United States. But with that in mind, we have to remember that our students are different types of learners, and not all of them can sit and um, perform on a paper standardized test. So we're trying to give our uh, candidates who are in our programs, our students that are in our programs, the ability to uh, use a, a matrix of things um, to help as they're working through curriculum and instruction for teaching and learning um, all the way down to their classrooms, whether it's at the district campus or uh, classroom level. So th those are areas that I feel like are trending. Definitely the interactive digital programs and then the data-driven instruction, uh, but being able to see it through a matrix, not just one or two um, test results from that. Right. So basically, you know, taking those analytics and getting a comprehensive view for your students to basically be able to adapt your teaching styles to fit everyone, like you said, because every student is a little different and learns in a different way. That's right. For us, it's important that um, our candidates are able to look at many data sets and that they're able to um, disaggregate that data in a, in a way that produces very strong uh, curriculum and instruction for teachers in the classroom. Now, we may be looking at it at a district level uh, when our students have to look at it at a campus level. So um, in building it, we try to teach them to build it um, with the end in mind and from the bottom up. So if you know all the pieces of the actual activities that you're building, then whenever you go to replicate that, you may not have to go um, all the way to the district level for that. You may be able to stop at the campus level because that's all you need. But we tr we're trying to teach our, our students and our candidates to be focused on um, the pieces that they're using and the validity of those pieces. So now for Lamar, you know, bringing it back to Lamar University, what is the next big thing for your program? What is something that you're looking to implement soon that will just continue to help preparing your master's students for the future? Well, we have spent a lot of time on developing the model that we're using now and, um, refining it along the way and making sure that we can meet the needs of our students um, quickly and efficiently. And so the next step for us would definitely be looking towards a future of not only just um, allowing our students to be able to um, complete the, their programs, attain their degrees, pass their certifications, and move into their, um, their positions um, as new leaders, but yet uh, developing their ability to see beyond and see a more global view of how the activities and, and the, the practicum and the courses that they have as their background knowledge now um, can help them be innovative in an ever-changing educational system with a global view. I love that. Well, you know, thank you so much for joining us. And I just want to say, you know, the the work that you're doing is is really important. And, uh, you know, I love seeing educators innovate and find new ways to engage their students and to prepare students that will in some future have students of their own and continuing that 
that cycle of good educators because you <laughs> the world knows we need great educators out there. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's a fact. So thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. It's, it's been great. Thank you so much, Christina. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Till next time.